Episode 25 of the Cause R Us podcast. We are back. Joel's here. Jesse's here. Kim is here. And yeah, we're back. It's been a while uh, since we recorded. It's been a while since Spurs have played. But uh, with with the season on its way back, a lot of World Cup has been going on in the interim. And we figured, you know, we didn't want to give you a whole six weeks without the podcast. So we figured we'd come back a little bit early, a little bit before the season starts to talk a little bit about what we've been seeing in the World Cup, uh, previewing the return of the season. I got to say, guys, I'm I'm pretty excited. Like I was... When the break happened, I was happy it happened. You know, like I felt like we needed it. Um, going into the break with a win was nice. Another crazy last-minute win, like we always seem to do. But now it's like I'm starting to feel the itch a little bit. Am, am I alone in that? Uh, no, I would say I'm starting to feel the itch for sure. Um, you know, been watching a lot of football, but not having Spurs in my life is it's been nice, but it's also been like, yeah, I missed them. This is it's like it's one of those things where you when you're going through it, it sometimes it sucks, sometimes it's great, but when you don't have it, it's like, dang, I really, I really miss it. Yeah, it was nice to see the guys represented on some different teams. Uh, it sort of felt like you know, obviously there's been some terrific, terrific soccer being played. There's been games every single day of of major importance. So it's been fun to watch that. But having the guys split up across different teams, as fun as the World Cup is, it sort of feels like, you know, when I'm watching a movie and I see like Letty Ortiz or, uh, or the character of Letty Ortiz or like Vin Diesel, another movie. I'm like, I kind of just want to watch Fast and Furious. I see the boys <laughs> are doing their own thing in different movies and I'm yeah. proud that they're becoming stars and their own rights. But let's get the boys back together. Let's make Fast and Furious 10. Let's make it better than Fast and Furious 9. Parallel to the Spurs. Let's start the second half of this year. and Let's make it better than the first half. Like, let's get the boys back together. And, and it seems like some of them, most of them, obviously a couple of key injuries that we'll get into. But, um, yeah, it's been fun, but but happy to, happy to be back. We're still 13 days away from the game, though. It's a long time. Yeah, another another two weeks. Uh, as, as Jesse alluded to, it is about family. So we were trying to get back to our Spurs family. Um, it's funny because <laughs> I just started uh, um, looking at the uh, the Wednesday series on Netflix uh, with the Wednesday Adams and uh, just talking about like seeing people in other roles. It's weird. Luis Guzman as as uh, <laughs> as Gomez. I, I'm not buying it, man. I, uh, I, I agree. I wasn't buying it either. Um, it's it's it, distracting, it, you know. It's like yes, definitely, definitely. I'm I'm used to seeing him in stuff like Carlito's way, and then it's like, bro, like this. You're not giving me Mortez, uh, Mortez. You're not giving me Gomez, Gomez. Adams at yeah. all. Like I I think I I see him as the guy from the show from the '90s, like the debonair, like nothing against yeah. you know Luis Guzman. I'm a huge Luis fan, but not in that man. It's just it feels out of place to Jesse's point. Not um, sinister enough for yeah, a Luis yeah. character. Also, also, also. Um, yeah, no, yeah, I mean, yeah. I feel like it's been like, okay, this is nice, but like, I don't know. I guess I don't really care that much. <laughs> so it's like, you know, I'm watching the games just to kind of see what happens. Maybe put a bet down if I if I feel so inclined, just to give myself a little bit more to root for. Um, but I think, you know, Spurs is is obviously 
my team. And so it's like when Spurs aren't playing, I'm I'm rooting for the guys to do well. I went crazy when when Sonny had that that game saving assist. I went even crazier with the Richarlison, which we'll get to. Um, and then the everything that happened with England was just I took it worse than I realized that I would. Before we get into all that, maybe we could just start by talking about like what you've been enjoying about the World Cup since we haven't had Premier League to watch or Champions League, which we're still in. Um, what like what have you been enjoying about about watching the World Cup? Just the games in the different windows. It's been fun uh, just having soccer on for like eight hours a day, every single day almost, uh, for the, at least through the group stage and the early knockouts. That was a lot of fun. Um, I did a little bit of writing for uh, thecomeback.com, and so I was watching games even kind of a little bit differently. Not that I'm doing heavy analysis or anything on there, but we're just writing about notable moments. Um, but, like, that was kind of fun, and it was fun to be, like, really digging in and paying attention to the games um, and it was just like a, a cool memory for me personally. Uh, like my daughter's four and a half, she was born during the 2018 World Cup. And I have like terrific memories of me and or my wife just like having her sleeping on our chest while we're watching World Cup every single, you know, like all day because we both took obviously some time off after a girl was born. So just like a happy moment for me as well and a core memory or whatever. Um, but it's been fun. The games like the Richarlison double was, was awesome, especially like that bike. That was incredible. And like the stat was flying around that Richarlison braced in his first Champions League game. Who was that for? Spurs. Richarlison braced in his first World Cup game for Brazil. So it's nice to see some of the boys doing well. And a lot of them advanced, um, I think, you know, especially, uh, you know, seeing. Most of them did. Yeah. Yeah. Seeing seeing England go far. Um, I think, you know, what, what, what you had said earlier, Joel, about them being. Um, uh, you know, you having it take it rougher. Like it was, that wasn't just England losing. Like that was our guy in a, in a moment where the entire world is watching. Yeah. Have a failure and like an understandable one for him taking second penalties. It happened in uh, against Frankfurt in the champions league. Like he skied one, like he's one of the best penalty takers in the world. There's no one in the country that they would have rather had in England. And maybe nobody there's, there's only a handful of people. If anybody you'd rather have for him, if you could pick from any penalty taker yeah. in the world to be in that moment. So it just, that's why it was, it was a harder loss. Cause it was like, our guy was there, but it's again, like you're playing not only your second penalty, but you're playing your freaking teammate who knows everything about you for years. Just a difficult thing to see, to see him. Uh, fail there but it's been a it's been a fun tournament and now we get messy in a world cup final which is which is dope i mean we might as well just just get Fans it out of the, the way now game. because uh you know i i feel like that like i said i i definitely found myself getting more into it than i thought that i would it was like i went into the game feeling like france was going to beat england i had the feeling the game was going to be close and for me um out of all the teams that were left in the quarterfinal stage, just the way that the bracket was set up, um, I felt and actually still feel um, that that was like ultimately going to be the final. Like I, I, I do still feel like France winning that game. I still think that they're the favorites to win it all. Hopefully you guys, uh, hopefully they haven't lost by the time you guys hear this tomorrow. <laughs> um, but for me, I, I see them beating Morocco and then, and then going on to, to be Argentina, I felt like if England was going to be able to get past France, that that would have been like a huge hurdle out of their way. They already knew that they had Morocco lined up next, which is obviously a huge underdog. Another great story. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I think like 
for all the nonchalance I had towards England during the group stage, once it started to get down to like the final eight, it was like, okay, you know, Kane is the captain. Kane is also our guy. Like I want to see him do well, um, regardless of anything else. Like I, 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 yeah, man, it's, I was like pacing around my living room watching that game and I didn't expect myself to be that invested, but it was just, you could feel the tension throughout the 90 minutes of just like the game was always on a knife's edge. France didn't really come out as dominant as I would have thought. Um, the first half of the game, England had 60% possession, which when do you ever see England play like that? Um, and so like, I, I really felt like they had a really good chance. And and even looking back at the, at the game, it did feel like England played a better game and just didn't take their chances. Um, France had less chances than they did. And, and I would also say to, to France's credit, um, Hugo had a huge game. I mean, like the point that you made about like him knowing Kane, um, I think Kane had like four shots on goal. Um, and the only goal that that they ended up scoring was was the penalty that that he bagged. So yeah, man, it's now, it's tough. I want to just point out, and when you think about that, like he has played against all those, basically all those guys, almost all those guys play in England. There's a few yeah. of them, obviously. Um, Bellingham is only the one I, the only one I can think off the top of my head who doesn't actually play in England. Yeah. So yeah. he's faced all like all those attackers. So it's not like he's going into a game playing people he doesn't play with, play against at least like twice maybe the two to three times a year, depending on um, where we fall in cups and that kind of stuff. So I could see him feeling like Hugo probably went into that game very confident because he's like, I play against these guys all the time. Like they're good, but like, I'm also good and I'm going to do my thing. So yeah, I could. Yeah, it was was interesting because going into the game, I was kind of saying like France hasn't really had their defense tested up to this point. And you know, as much as as much as we love Hugo, we know that he's also capable of a few laughers. Um, and it's like, hey, if they test Hugo, who knows? Maybe, maybe France can really show some vulnerability. And they did look vulnerable, and Hugo was tested, but he stood up to the test, and they advanced. So there you go. Um, yeah, I, I I'm very curious to know like how this will affect Kane, right? Like, I feel like Kane's such a robotic figure in a lot of ways. Like he's, he's not a player that I would consider to be super emotional. He's not a player that I would consider to be very like flamboyant or um, someone that uh, just freestyles his way through a game. Like he's very technical and very like carries out his stuff. Um, And so to see him, number one, miss a penalty Number two, you know, quiet is kept. He's actually missed a few penalties this year, which is I think that's like three or four. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's 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 uncharacteristic for him. Um, and so I, I don't know. Like I I don't think he's gonna come back to 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 North London and just play awful, but I do wonder like on some level if if psychologically um he's it's gonna take him a while to kind of get back to to where he was before the break where he, I think he had what 10 goals in the league. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if it's a worry, but it is, it's something that I'll definitely be keeping an eye on once the season gets back underway. 
Yeah. Um, unfortunately, I basically I had I had like one of the busiest weekends of my life this past weekend. One of my friends had a bridal shower, and then we did bachelor stuff on Sunday. So I missed uh, much of the match, but I did see the miss and was very surprised because like usually when Kane will miss, it'll be like you know just to the side of the goal or something like that but yeah. the fact that he skied it was it was very very surprising so it, it will be interesting to see how he bounces back from them but i do expect him to bounce, bounce back well because we've seen him you know in tournaments come come back and sort of he's sort of the guy that like hits the ground running um when he actually gets his legs under him and the fact that it's like mid-season and he doesn't have to like get back into shape i i I just expect him to be Perry Kane. So, um, you know, if that's, if that's not what happens, you know, we'll see. Um, but I kind of expect him to, to do his thing. Cause that's what he does. Yeah. I mean, so, it'll be his eighth, eighth or ninth season as a one season wonder in a row. Um, if you guys remember <laughs> that joke from a while back. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's the thing about greatness and excellence. Like you, you'd like the, 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 the standard is the standard for everybody, but the standard for Kane is so high. Like if he's not like, if he's not going to this year, I don't think, but if, like a year he bangs in 18 goals in the league is like, mm, Harry didn't have it this year. Like that's a crazy yeah. thing to uphold, but he's done it. And like, that's what, and, and like, not that he's, you know, the only guy, but like, it's nice to, to have a guy like that. Like a lot of teams don't have that guy. Um, and, and, and Harry's it. And hopefully he bounces back positively from it. It's just kind of like, you know, uh, not that he does his stuff with incredible speed. So I think he'll have a more graceful uh, or a longer prime or a more graceful aging than some other players that are a little bit built on, on speed or power or something and lose some of that late in life. But, um, you know, I can't imagine him being at the peak of his powers in 2026 in the U S like he was at or close to an 18 and 22. So it is a little bit disappointing and, and tough to see him like that, but we got a lot of the other guys in there and it's, I think hopefully he'll bounce back well. And, um, and well, maybe he's 29 right now. Yeah. So in four years time, he'll be 33. He's not super old, but no, but just not at the peak. Like he's not going to be better or close to as good now in 40, because that's crazy. That'd be no, an insane. No, no, no. he definitely won't be. Um, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's still on the team. Oh, yeah. I think he'll be on the team. I think he's I think he's a little bit more like in a, I guess, sort of what Giroux got thrust into, but guy who, like, can start every other game or can play 60 but isn't going to be your 100%. This guy's playing up top every time. But obviously, Giroux's having a terrific year as much as it makes me want to puke for a number of reasons. And I think the point that you made, too, about, like, he doesn't really rely on athleticism and pace, uh, certainly not as much as he did maybe five years ago. Um, and he's kind of adopted more of this playmaking role. And I think that's going to be the direction that we see him end up going in as he enters his thirties, um, where he can kind of be more of that playmaker role. Um, I was also off by a few goals. I said he had 10 goal goals in the league. He actually has 12, 12 goals in 15 matches, which is just an insane output. Um, that's just been overlooked and, and overshadowed by Harland. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just I just hope that he gets um, the most amazing welcome when 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 they finally have a home game, which I I'm sure that he will. Um, I know the Spurs fans will definitely be behind him, and 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 hopefully he just comes back firing again. Can we talk about about Richarlison? 
Let's do that. Yeah, please. Richie, Richie, Richie. Um, Brazilians number nine. Wow. Like, he, he showed up and showed out in this World Cup, didn't he? He did. He was like, you guys going to give me the space to do stuff? Then I'm going to do it. No. Um, I mean, we knew he was talented. He's young. but And we knew he was talented. But I feel like he used this World Cup as, like, a coming out party to the world. Like, he's he's like our player so we know him we know what he does obviously he was at everton but i feel like this is like his moment to shine mm-hmm. um and it was his moment to say like this position is mine like gabriel jesus is on that team and could not get a sniff really uh he got injured but before that richarlison was the guy and he's been doing this for brazil all through qualifying um yeah. I think he's like, I don't know the amount of goals he has, but it was like nine and 10 or something like that, that he's had leading into the World Cup. So he has been able to score goals for Brazil. Um, And I feel like when he plays up front, um, he's a guy that can score goals. He doesn't often play there. Uh, He didn't do that with Everton because Calvert-Lewin played up front a lot. Um, And he doesn't do that with us either. He plays a lot on the left or on the right. Um, but I feel like if he gets a chance up front, um, he can bag goals if he's in the the right position. As long as he can stay on side, because I feel like that's his fatal flaw. <laughs> is he's he can as, he can as tend it to is be for many center forwards. Yes, um, <laughs> I mean he had unless something absolutely bonkers happens in the last three games of the tournament, he's going to end up with the goal of the World Cup. I mean, I think he um, had the two. Probably you yeah, might you might probably, say he had two yeah. the two best goals of the World Cup. Yeah, <laughs> the goal he had the goal and the second goal of the World Cup. Uh, that the little juggling header, play by play there. That was just I don't even know how to describe that, but that was pretty ridiculous. <laughs> um, I mean it's interesting that you mentioned Everton because I do feel like when Calvert Lewin got hurt, as he often does, um, that's when Richie got to play up front, and then that's when he was really leading the team um, and, and scoring the goals that they needed. Um, and then, you know, kind of when Calvert-Lewin came back and when he was healthy, then that's when he was kind of relegated to uh, the second scorer on the team. Um, and we're kind of seeing the same thing at Spurs. Obviously, with our front three, we've got Kane, we've got Sonny, we've got Kulisevsky. Um, it's it's going to be difficult for him to start game in and game out. I do think this gets him probably more starts. Um, and not to say that he didn't have a good amount anyway, because, uh, you know, just looking at the Premier League, um, he played 10 games. Um, he started five of them. So, like, you know, he he did start sometimes, um, but a lot of that also had to do with Kulisevsky being injured. So, yeah. I think it's going to be tricky to see how Kanye, oh, Kanye. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Yo, imagine if that was our gaffer. Um, no, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see how Conte um, utilizes him moving forward. Cause it's like, you know, he, he showed, he showed out it on the biggest stage in world football. And now like, you don't want to just have him playing 30 minutes a game, but, you can't bench Kane because he's the best striker in the country. You can't bench Kulisevsky because he's our best playmaker. And we know that if you bench Son, 
you're kind of wasting his talents if he's on the bench. And also playing on the left is not Richie's best position anyway. So I don't know. I, I think it has to be a situation where he kind of plays him at center forward and just rotates and lets Kane rest a little bit more. I mean, it's it's easier said than done. I'm saying that now, having not had the pressure of of winning week in and week out for the past six weeks. Um, but like, I don't know. I I I think you have to try to find opportunities to maybe bring Kane in off the bench in some games. What what do you guys think, uh, Jesse? Like, what do you think is the best way to use Richie moving forward? I mean, I think the one thing that's interesting about what what we know Conte will or won't do, we know that Conte won't freaking be influenced by the pressure of having to deal with questions about people asking him why isn't Richie starting like some other managers in this league and in other sports will. Like Conte don't care. Conte is the honey badger. He don't care what people are saying. He will absolutely happily, not happily lose, but after a one nil lifeless defeat. He will happily sit there and get the questions of why he didn't play Richie, why he didn't bring him on a sub. Like he's stubborn and and, in, and stuck in his ways, which is obviously part of what makes him who he is. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think you, I, I think maybe he. It, it all depends on I think how Harry comes back. Yeah, you can't sit Harry, but what if Conte, who knows Harry better than any of us, obviously sees something different in him, and maybe it for the better or worse. If he's like, yeah, I'm relentless now. I want to go on a freaking crazy streak. Maybe it's like, okay, like we have to have you for the rest of the year. If Kane comes back too overhyped and then he's like, okay, I got to give you some rest so I can get Richie out there or and I'm going to get Richie out there. Or if Kane comes back and he's droopy years and and and, and not feeling himself, then maybe he gives him some more time to to get that swag back, to, uh, to get his groove back, Stella. And you put Richie out there for a few games to have him go out and, and cook. But I think you, you got to get him out there. Um, I just don't think he doesn't. Is he? He's he's fine on the left as well, a little bit, or he certainly can't play on the right. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I would it's say like can left we, or center forward. Sonny had a nice World Cup, but not to the level of Richie. So I'd rather see Richie get the first crack at it than Sonny on the on the left. Um, and honestly, the the times where we saw Richie come in um to matches was usually for Sonny like towards the start of the season when he was getting those sub appearance he was mostly coming in on the yeah. left uh Kulisevsky was staying in Kane was staying in but I feel like you know with the FA Cup coming up um we can probably start him in some of those early matches uh, I think we play like Portsmouth like that's a game where I think you throw Richie up front give him the minutes let him get you know some time with some other players um but uh, to me, that's the time where you you rest Kane in that kind of match. Um, and we don't really have, you know, I guess we have uh, Dane out on loan and we have, um, you know, most of our younger strikers are out on loan. So to me, the guy you probably start Troy there Parrott. is Richie. Troy Parrott, yeah, sorry. Couldn't think of his name and I wasn't going to not, you know, be around like, uh, yeah. Uh, uh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the other thing too, right? It's like, Obviously, hoping that Kane holds up and he stays healthy. But if, God forbid, something happens, at least we know now we've got Brazil's striker as our backup option, um, opposed to years past when it never really felt like we had anything good. I mean, there there have been years where 
I can remember under Jose when, when they were just playing Sun up front because it was like, oh, okay, maybe let's try Lucas Moore at, at the nine. Yeah. Um, all types of crap <laughs> that we were trying at that time just because we didn't have an actual striker to bring up off the bench. So like I don't know. I kind of I, I kind of sided with Jesse on like maybe have him start over Sonny for the time being. Um, and who knows, like the last time Sonny got benched, he had a hat trick. So <laughs> maybe maybe we need to bench him for some more and, and see what happens. Looking at the slate ahead, because, uh, Kim, you mentioned it, we come back on Boxing Day. The first game for the Premier League's return away at Brentford, um, followed up by New Year's Day at home against Villa. Um, three days after that, we're playing away at Palace. And then three days after that is the Portsmouth match for the third round of the FA Cup. We get a week's break, and then we have the North London Derby on January 15th. So um, it's an interesting slate of games uh, to kind of play around with and get back into form before Arsenal. And I think that is the opportunity to kind of like play around and figure out who's up for it, who's not, who maybe needs to come off the bench, who doesn't, um, giving guys like Benton Curran Davis time to get healthy. Um, and don't forget Richie, because he, he might be out for a little bit too. Uh, yeah, but it, let, let's, issue. You, you gave the next six games, but it gets very real. The teeth get very sharp after that Arsenal you know, game, okay? Because Arsenal and City back-to-back. So. Arsenal <laughs> at City. Uh, at Fulham. At Fulham, home versus City, City, at Leicester, and then at Milan to start uh, the Champions League, and then West Ham home, and then Chelsea, and then Wolves, who've always been difficult to play. Like, we're going to figure out who we are by, I think, around February 4th, Valentine's Day, Massacre, potentially, for us or for them. I don't know. Um, but by February 14th with the with the Champions League kickoff, like, it gets, it gets very I- real once that North London Derby comes back on. And so we're going to... That's going to be an intense, intense, highly emotional pod season for sure. Yeah, I'd also feel like, um, you know, Arsenal also had a big blow with with Jesus being out for, uh, they're saying it might be three months. Um, they, they beat us at Emirates like they always seem to do. And so I feel like that's another game that like, okay, we've had the Crystal Palaces and the Brentfords to kind of figure out where we are and what we need to do. Um, when we when we play home against Arsenal, um, the crowd needs to be absolutely bonkers and we need to win that game. So that's a game where I feel like at that point, Conte has to kind of know what his best lineup is. Hopefully at that point, we're talking about a month from now. So like hopefully at that point, guys are all healthy, whatever knocks people are dealing with, they've gotten back from Romero and Lloris come back healthy as well hopefully um and then we kick on from there so any anyone else from our team in impress or or maybe have a, a world cup that you were surprised by maybe they maybe they didn't impress <laughs> uh um, i would say like bentoncore looked good you know yeah. your way didn't really do that much in the world cup um you know they got knocked out by they barely Korea scored getting Korea getting through but yeah he he almost scored and he does what he does he looks good on the ball um he moves it well so i feel like if the attackers for uh uruguay were in better form then they would have gone further than, than they did but uh i don't really see it for you know homeboy from liverpool just 
Don't got oh, it. Oh, um, uh, Darwin Nunez. <laughs> Darwin no, not, Nunez. Yeah, I'm not a fan of his either. I don't think he's. Yeah, very good. there's just something about him that just doesn't sit right with me. Um, it's, it's some of it's his attitude, uh, but he just doesn't seem to be that clinical uh, when he gets in front of goal. So I mean, especially um, not when you're used to seeing them have Mane and Salah up there, and then now you're seeing. Nunez, it's it's, yeah. a, it's a significant <laughs> drop off from what we're used to seeing from Liverpool. Yeah. So um. So yeah. But apparently looked- they're also having some injury concerns because now I'm I read something that uh, Luis Diaz is 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 going to be hurt. Yeah, for he's going to be out for the a little return. while. So, um, yes. we knew that this was going to happen with the World Cup. We yep. knew that there's going to be some weird stuff happening with injuries, and I think the next few weeks, not only for Spurs but for all the other teams, like figuring out who you are, figuring out what your rotation is, figuring out who's healthy and who isn't is also going to have huge implications on the January transfer window, which I think is huge for us in terms of like, we have to do something that window if we want to finish top four. Um, And if we don't, then we won't. So. It's kind of funny just like how, who to trust and everything. And in these, uh, transfer times and like obviously Fabrizio is uh, is the Woj uh or Woj is the Fabrizio you know Ooh. I've heard it both ways I'm not saying but I'm just saying I've, I've heard it both ways in different countries uh but yeah so just be careful who to, who to look out for but I, I saw one today that uh what's his name McAllister from uh um Argentina and I, I saw that the, I didn't see who wrote it but the story was that Spurs and maybe somebody else register their interest in McAllister, which is just kind of a funny way of saying it. just like <laughs> like imagine if you had to be like hey we might want to see this it. guy we gotta we gotta send a fax to right, the person yeah. to register yeah. hey we're interested in this guy like <laughs> or like you have to like you have to like change your Facebook relationship status to interested in McAllister and <laughs> whoever else it's I funny mean, you mentioned like a- Woj because that reminds me of uh, the NBA draft where uh, Woj just tweets through the draft and spoils every pick before it happens. And then he'll, yeah, he'll once say he something. started working for ESPN, they made him stop. I mean, well, he still stop. does it, but he just doesn't say he doesn't say, you know, the New York Knicks are going to pick Jordan Smith. Yeah. He'll, he'll say like, sounds like the Knicks yeah. will pick. <laughs> Knicks, Knicks very interested New in York Jordan Smith. With, really with the looking pick. at. <laughs> looking very like closely. Like the last year he was at Yahoo. Keen, keen. The last year he was at Yahoo, he was like three to four picks ahead of the draft. And it was just like, what? His yeah, it's like why even watch the draft? I could just I could yeah, just like, refresh Woj's Twitter Woj's feed. Twitter feed. Then I, that, yeah. that's all, I'm gonna get it before everybody's watching it on TV. I can't front the thing about Spurs not actually playing every day has meant that like I have not been as invested in transfer window stuff. Usually by this time, like that's yeah. all I can think of. And right now, I'm like, you know what? I'm kind of like. We're going to get to the, the season's going to come back on Boxing Day. And at that time, I will be like, all right, who are we seriously talking about? Because we'll start signing people within a couple of weeks. <laughs> so I feel like it's it's been great for my mental because usually at, at this time, you're just inundated with transfer news and you're still, you know, you still see the news come through. But I'm not checking my Koi's like Twitter as much. Um, I'm not on my Fop Mob as much. I'm looking at like, I'm looking at matches, but I'm just not as like crazily refreshing feeds to f- figure out what's happening so you know it, the crazy is coming back soon enough it's good on the, me- <laughs> it's, good on the mental. it's it's a nice break yeah that's exactly what it is um but what has been driving me crazy though speaking of spurs twitter 
is I feel like after every World Cup match, there's a bunch of people on Twitter saying like, oh, you know, that guy's great. We should sign him. Like, come on, guys. We're not going to sign every player that has a good game in the World <laughs> Cup. Do you know the entire world is watching this game? Right. Spurs is not going to be able to sneak in through the back yeah. door to get Gavardial after Croatia just got to the semifinal. Like, it, that, that window is closed, number one. And it's say... like, listen, every guy that has a good game in the World Cup is probably now getting interest from clubs. Yeah, yesterday's all price is not today's, not today's price. price. <laughs> like, come like, on, guys. Yeah. And also, you got to think about what we need. Early, like, it can't just be, oh, yeah. this guy looked really good against Japan. So now I want to, I want him to sign with Spurs. Like, relax a little bit. Let's at least see what our team looks like when we get back. It's funny. Yeah. And like, especially like, I forget who it was, but there's a um, Moroccan player that has been really good. I think a defensive man. Amrabat. Yeah, yeah, Amrabat. And yeah, he I, was I saw, linked like, with Spurs, us last Spurs year. Spurs subreddit was like, yeah, Spurs subreddit was like, Spurs won him last year. Doesn't Paratici look so much smarter now, guys? Look at how good he is. He knows more than us. <laughs> and people were like, I don't think so. Like, it's just, it's so dumb. But we didn't sign him, so. <laughs> right, yeah. It doesn't like matter. you don't the, get credit. Thing, you don't get credit for not the, pulling the girl you thought you said you might. Like you actually have to pull them. The thing he's yeah. doing through the World Cup though is basically playing as a defensive midfielder, and Spurs don't need another defensive midfielder. Right. Oh God, no, please. <laughs> so like I'm like yeah, if we didn't sign Basuma, yeah, maybe we would have signed that guy. But at this point, that's not what we need. Well, you know that actually brings us to a, a nice segue. Then like. Thinking about where we left off um, before the break and thinking about like where our strengths and weaknesses were, what are the positions that you think we really need to to beef up on in, in the window? I mean, we still uh, so... need attacking mid, the right attacking mid still for since Erickson left, we've needed that. What does yeah, that look some... like though, right? Because like I think like Erickson, like a guy who plays for Manchester United. I mean, well, right. But like that was also at a time when we were playing a back four. And I feel like with with this wing back system, you're always going to have two midfielders. Um, are you then going to sign an attacking mid and then bench Hoybier? What is are you like? How, what does that I don't look know. I'd like? I'd like to have I'd like to have more than one formation or Options. more than one thing. We could we could try. I'd like to be a little bit flexible that we could do different things when certain teams are set up or can set up in a way to, to stop us very easily. It'd be nice to have another option. Um, you know, obviously managers are going to have their formations, but if they have something in their back pocket, that would be, you know, that's where you use that person the most, but yeah, during certain teams or in certain uh, parts of the game, I think it is okay to have two mids and one of them's a little bit more holding or defensive and one of them's more attacking. Like if we're down a goal late, or if we need, you know, like we, we need to be more open to, to get through a team, like that's the time to do that. Um, and I feel, you know, although it's riskier, it also obviously has more upside. Yeah, no, I agree. We, we need someone who can truly rotate with Kulusevsky. Uh, so I'm look I'm thinking someone who can play right wing, but also plays attacking midfielder so that when we do play a three, five, two, we have a guy that we can like put in to say, okay, you be the attacking midfielder. And then if we need someone to rotate with Kulosevsky or if he gets injured, he can play on the right side. So um, there are some guys out there who who do both of those things. And so to me, finding someone who could play both of those positions would probably be the best bang for the buck. Um, also think we, sad to say, but we probably could upgrade on right wing back. <laughs> um, 
I feel like you that's a position. So? <laughs> I, thought we, I, I thought we were good there. Really? Yeah. We've got Royale. I, do we? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I, I think. You know, it's I love funny, how though? he tried to improve himself, but that—that's <laughs> a place where we could improve if we. I mean, watching Croatia play, some of those crosses coming into the box at times, I was like, if we had a guy that could do that, <laughs> we'd be amazing. Like, if we had a guy on the right and the left who could put in decent crosses, we'd be yeah, amazing. It would change that's, things. That's that's literally what you're supposed to have <laughs> when you play a wingback system. <laughs> that's what it's supposed to look like, Kim. <laughs> it just doesn't Ponte, look like when we play. Ponte's trying to get there. That's what I say. Like, you know, teams aren't built in one window. We're working on it. We're working on it. But yeah, I, I think we could upgrade at right wing back. And we actually seem to be looking at, based on some of the links. They are looking to upgrade right wing back. So it seems like that's a position that the team is looking to upgrade as well, not just fans hoping. Um, and then I also think we could do with another center back. Um, central center back yeah someone who yeah central center back because i feel like dyer could use someone to rotate with him if we can find someone who could start over dyer that's that good that yeah that he, he doesn't need to be good. starting 38 games a season that's yeah, for sure so um someone to rotate so probably someone that's like that rotates with him and probably plays also on the right you know can rotate between those two will probably be okay um because we do have two guys on the left. Uh, on the right, we have Kuti and we have uh, Sanchez. But Sanchez, I'd yeah. like to upgrade on Sanchez uh, as well. And then, yeah, we definitely need backup for Dyer because right now we're moving guys who like to play on the left to play center um, centrally. And it's it works at times, but um, someone who's more comfortable in the center would probably be good. So. Yeah, those are to me are like the three yeah. positions that I'm like central really center back, right wing back, right winger, and a central attacking mid. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I think we'll we'll get probably at least two of those, and maybe three, probably not all four. Um, for me, I think the right wing back is the biggest priority for me and for everybody else. Um, I don't know what I would make as, as my second um, priority. Like on the one hand, I do feel like that central center back position is like so important in terms of having that, that option. I feel like it's one of the only positions that we don't really have a rotation for. Um, on the other hand, we saw how much our offense struggled without having Kulisevsky there. And I also just feel like that's a position that would be, like he's a player that's harder to replace and to find backup for. And so like, for me, I would, I would, I would focus on getting the defender and the right wing back. Um, and then, and if we can get somebody to, to spark our offense, um, then great. But I do feel like having a fully fit Kulisevsky is going to change the way our team looks. And I also really like the way Benton Kerr has looked uh, going into the, the world cup. And then even in this, in the world cup itself. So. I feel like he can play a lot of what we want from that position. It's yeah. less of a priority for me than, than the center back. So, yeah, I just hope like uh, they feel like they have, even with the two at times, at least one of them feels like at times the license to get forward. Cause I say, I feel like sometimes when it's the two of them, they, they sit back a lot. Um, and when we, when we see the three is when they, 
they tend to push forward. And so I just hope that, you know, as we go into, you know, the business end of the season, that guys feel like they can, you know, offensively do a little more than they did um, at the start of the season. Because that's, that's the one thing I want to see going forward is like, can we, you know, maybe not always have possession, but look offensively like we want to do something when we have the ball. Um, yeah. Honestly. And not and not wait till the 60th minute. Yeah, that'd be nice. Because <laughs> yeah, you see these players on other teams and you you see how good they can be when their teams have the impetus to go forward. And so you're like, guys, let's 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 do that. <laughs> let's do that, please. Yeah. And I, and I do feel like things will get better. I, I feel like we've we've played not great and still somehow managed um, to win a bunch of games and 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 finish the first portion of the season in fourth place. I have no idea how that happened. Um, I would like, both me and my heart would like uh, for us to maybe not wait till the 92nd minute to win games uh, as much. It's been fun to watch, uh, but it also means that, like, the whole first half is, like, a bunch of garbage, and then you're trying to, like, win it at the end, which is not – it's, like, half fun, and it's half awful. Um, It's been fun, though, to, like, actually talk about Spurs again. Like, it's been – it's been like a good month since we've done yeah. this, you know, it's been, it's been nice. Um, any thoughts or predictions for the final? Cause we probably won't, won't meet up again until the season uh, is, is getting back underway. I, I personally think France is going to repeat, um, which I, I already said earlier. I, I felt like that England and France match was really like what it was going to come down to. I know Argentina probably has other things to say about that, but um, you feel like Messi's going to finally take it home or. France with the with the repeat or maybe Morocco. I don't know if maybe you think they're going to be able to pull it off. I mean, I'm not going to bet against them right now. <laughs> they've been yeah. doing it clinically. I mean, this is then they've just been choking teams and and uh, they look and good finding the finding the goal. You know, and like, we didn't talk about him, but uh, Romero looks like really peak Mourinho too. This looks like Mourinho kind of like when he's at his best kind of stuff that Morocco is doing. Yes, yes, I actually, I actually agree. Like they are very much. Uh, I thought you were talking about Argentina at first. No, 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 yeah. Morocco. Yeah, Morocco is definitely the best defense that we've seen in the World Cup. So I think it's really going to come down to like if France can break their will offensively. Um, and they, like I said, they didn't look that great against England. Um, but I also feel like Morocco is a team that if you can get through and score, if you score against them. Um, early in the game, then the game's pretty much over because they're banking on being able to kind of sit back and defend and then nick a goal. Um, And if you open them up by scoring first, then I don't know that they are going to be able to to deal with that. Yeah, their attackers have not even been there. To me, it's been like Hakimi has been like world-class in this Mm -hmm. World Cup. And so he sort of like kick-started a bunch of their attacks, but their strikers have not been that clinical. They've been no. they've been doing a lot of selling in front of goal. Oh, yeah, it's been bad. Um, so I feel like, you know, they they get maybe five or six chances and they score one. But, like, yeah, I feel like if France gets a couple early, even if they get one early, uh, Morocco will have to open up a little bit to try to stay in the game. And I feel like that's where France will might be able to to pile a few on them. Like, Mbappe doesn't need a lot of space at this point to get, to get a goal. Um, 
and Griezmann has been actually playing really well in that 10 role. So, uh, yeah, he's been, he's like been for, one of the best players of the tournament for me. Yeah, he has. I, I would agree with that. Um, so yeah, even when you say, even without Benzema, the France team has, has sort of just deadly like petered along and got it done when they needed to. Um, they haven't like blown anybody out, but, um, they just sort of gotten the job done. Um, which when you're a team that already won a world cup, if you can do that kind of thing, yeah, you can win it again. So, well, you know, if they can pull it off tomorrow, um, Mbappe versus Messi is going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, that'll be a, a pretty, a pretty fun world cup final to watch. I yeah, do I understand so. before we wrap up that there, there was an update that Jesse had. So I, <laughs> I want to, I want to make sure that All right, well, I want to first shout out the, Let's see this one of these I found that the source of the story I found from uh, from the Spurs subreddit earlier today. But the dude, I don't know if he's in London or Brazil, but he's tattooing our Brazilian players uh, right now. Emerson got an eagle, a bald eagle on his neck, right in his throat tattoo within the last 24 hours. And where Charleston got a humongous very painful, I'm sure, back piece, or at least I did see that. I did it, see the Richarlison one. It has a tiny kid in a Richarlison jersey looking over the favelas, probably similar to where Richarlison uh, grew up, looking and then above it, him sort of like in a in a mirage in this a mirage in the sky is a headshot of Ronaldo, as in the older Brazilian player, oh, Richarlison himself in the middle and then Neymar on the others with the, Br- the Brazilian words for you made Brazil smile. This is not even Richarlison's first tattoo of Richarlison on his <laughs> upper thigh. He has a, a, a picture of him with the Tokyo gold medal, Olympic gold medal over his Jersey. And it has, he has that on his thigh. So when you see him slide and you see the 10 on there, it's not just a 10, but it's basically a picture of his own Jersey holding a gold medal from the Olympics. I freaking love the guy. I'm not shy on confidence. I've not get a, a tattoo of my own self on my body confident. So I, I respect the game, but huge updates yeah. in the Brazilian players on Tottenham getting notable tattoo pieces <laughs> this off season or this, this mid 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 year break uh, post world cup. Is our, is our guy Lucas getting in on the action? We've got I have not seen any ink on Lucas on there. I honest hand to God. Yeah, I forgot Lucas. Is, Lucas. Is I forgot too, about Lucas. Now that I forgot Lucas, he was Brazilian. I forgot he was Lucas still around. Is too conservative to get a tattoo. Let's be real. <laughs> hey, I had to ask. Let's you know? be real. <laughs> I mean, he he would have the best tattoo of everybody. Yeah, he would. If he if he got a tattoo of himself jumping in the air Hatch? in Amsterdam, come on, man. Yeah, yeah that would be dope. If, it would if be you're dope. gonna get a self tattoo, that's the one to get. That's the one to get. Now, Richarlison, you're right. He's not short on confidence. You love to see it. So. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Let's. Mr. Keepy Uppies. The way he shoots, the way, but the way he shoots a shot online is also hilarious. Like, ever follow him on Twitter? Oh my God. Amazing. I can only imagine. <laughs> Amazing. Well, I need him bagging I, I some think he goals does have for a Spurs now, in the so. second half of the, of the season. That's what I need to see. Oh, uh, yeah. Would love to see it. Jesse, what did you say? 10, ten goals? I think, yeah. I think 10 goals ten in all goals competitions in all for competitions. Uh, for Richie in the second half of the season. I mean, I was, I was uh, one of my best friends, an Everton fan, and, and he was um texting me throughout the world cup and, and we we're just talking about it. he was like richie richie's a star he needs to be at madrid uh they right. spurs should sell him for 150 million this year i'm like i absolutely would love to sell him for 150 even if he doesn't play anything else and he scores he helped us get advanced in the champions league 
he's done enough already, like to make 90 million, like buddy, he's not going to, but he his obviously his price did go up. So if he does finish the year strong or something, if I, I think Spurs will have, we'll have people asking for him if he, if he finishes even moderately because of how good he was in the world cup. And as long as he performs, okay, the rest of this year. So that'll be interesting, but I think it's going to be hot. I, I think it's going to be, this, I, I don't think, think they'll hot. sell him because I think what Conte really is trying to do is build a squad and to build a squad, you, you need good guys and, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I it's, it's, it's too premature at this like, point. Yeah. We have, but I think I, I'm just saying, like, it will be the rare. There will be offers coming a year, a, only a year oh, in yeah. from some of the Giants if he has a decent rest this year. That's why you sign five year contracts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, we will see what happens uh, yeah. with the rest of the World Cup, and we'll see what happens when our season resumes. Resumes uh, against Brentford, bright and early. On Boxing Day. 7.30. Yeah, 7.30 our time. So, well, come on, you Spurs, bright and early. Boys, boys, boys. Boys. Boys.